0: Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello and welcome to episode number 334 of the Love Life Connection Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back on your earbuds again this week. And before we get started in today's episode, which is all about friendship, I'm super excited to dive in with you. Um, but before we get started, I am going to take a moment to ask you to leave a quick rating or review wherever you listen to this show. It really does help me organically grow the show and get this in front of more women just like you. So I really appreciate you taking just a few seconds to tap the stars, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast, you could take a few more seconds to leave a review. It really does help so much, and that's why I ask for it all the time. If it didn't do anything for me, I wouldn't ask. So I really do appreciate you uh, taking the moment to support me and this show. Okay, so let's get to today's episode. The reason that I wanted to talk about friendship, obviously my podcast and all the content that I create is about romantic relationship. But a lot of my clients will find as we begin our work together that a lot of their patterns and issues aren't just unique to romantic relationships, but are also showing up in their platonic relationships, specifically friendships. And I think this is true for a couple reasons. But one is I do think there's truth. I don't think this is absolute universal truth, but I do think there is truth to how you do one thing is how you do everything. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're the common denominator in your life and you have learned from inner child stuff how to relate to feeling loved or feeling connected or getting connection or getting your needs met so it's not surprising that you might show up in similar ways across various forms of relationships. Now again, I don't think that's universal truth, but I do think there is some truth to it and it's worth looking at, especially if you struggle in romantic relationships. It's it's important to look at your friendships and are they really what you want them to be or are they really what they could be? And then I think also vice versa. I think the other reason why this ends up coming up a lot with my clients is because, you know, when you are used to not having any boundaries in relationships, and I'm saying any kind of relationships, platonic or romantic, when you're used to enmeshment or kind of toxic behavior, or just not great behavior, that kind of just is like you're what's normal for you. You don't know anything, right? You only know what you know. And then as you do this work, especially the inner child work, and you work on healing some wounds and you build your self-esteem and your confidence and worthiness from within and all of those things, then all of a sudden, some of these other relationships outside of you that don't have great boundaries or just have some unhealthy elements to them, all of a sudden, those begin not feeling so great, or they just drain your energy, or you dread to see that person or talk to that person. And for a lot of my clients going through that, it could be a little bit like, what the hell's going on? Like, am I also struggling in friendships too? And the answer is probably yes. So today I want to talk about friendships in particular. Now, of course, there is some overlap, right? Because relationships are relationships. And what I mean by overlap, meaning like, having a conversation about boundaries, for example. There's not going to be a lot of difference between whether or not we're talking about a romantic partner or a platonic friendship, but I do want to talk about in the context of friendship because there are some differences and some nuances, and it can just be a really sensitive, sticky subject because sometimes friendships go back way, way long time ago, and so you feel just, I don't know, like a different kind of allegiance or loyalty to them. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to make more friends how to make better friends with either these new friends or the friendships you already have, and then how to deal with conflict in friendships. And then I'll end the episode with talking about how to break up with friends, which is so hard to do. Um, so please don't beat yourself up if you just, if it just tears you up inside because it really is breaking up with friends is really like, and I'll share a story of mine as well. It's, it's really horrible, horrible. And I would say, at least in my experience, I had a really bad friend breakup, and I would say that was worse than any romantic breakup that I had, and I had some pretty bad romantic breakups. Okay, but let's get into it. How to make more friends. So I think here's the myth about making more friends. I think a lot of times, and I think this is actually a similar kind of myth to romantic relationships. I think that there is a belief that the right person should feel easy. The right person shouldn't require any work. You just know, you just get each other, and everything just happens flawlessly and fluidly. And I do think there's truth to that, right? Like if you meet, a and I'm talking about a romantic partner here, if you meet a romantic partner and it just feels hard and you're constantly butting heads and you're constantly having to kind of negotiate your needs and your emotions and your boundaries, like that's probably not your relationship. Do you know what I mean? But what's also not true is that a relationship – just happens the way it does in the movies where it's just like beautiful and perfect and it's like easy and da 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 Relationships do require conversation. Sometimes those can be difficult conversations. Sometimes those can be really emotional or vulnerable conversations. So what I'm trying to say is that in romantic relationships, healthy, thriving relationships do not happen organically. They happen on purpose because those two people in that relationship make a conscious effort to carve out time to grow and nurture their relationship because they make an effort to go to couples therapy or to like couples retreat or just something that actually like can help them grow closer and, you know, create agreements on how to work through conflict and about boundaries and just all this kind of stuff, you know. And then parallel to that, friendships also don't just happen organically. And I think where this myth comes from as it relates to friendship is because growing up when you're going to school and you're seeing the same 10, 20, however many kids are in your class, a lot of times friendships do happen organically because you see them all the time. And whether you even like those people, they end up becoming your friends and a lot of times the people that you grow up with. But I think as an adult, the difference is friendships don't happen organically. It takes effort of either going out to meet new people, making an effort to exchange info, making an effort to contact those people, and then making an effort to, you know, arrange a time to actually hang out, get coffee, dinner, whatever. And so I think that if you want to grow your friendship circle, you have to make a conscious effort. And that's just like the bottom line. And one of my favorite ways to do this is to come up with a cadence goal. So this is something that I talked a lot about when I did the Dating Without Swiping series. What was it? Summer of 2021. So you can go back and listen to that. That's obviously more about dating (laughs) and meeting new romantic partners. But it's the same thing when it comes to friendships. What I mean by cadence goal is sometimes you're like, okay, I want to revamp my social life. I want to meet new people. I want more friends. I want to expand my circle, etc. You can actually do too many things at once and you can absolutely burn yourself out. And this is especially true for people who are more like me and tend to be a little bit more reserved and more introverted. You've got to manage your energy here. And so if, if for example, I was like, I want to make new friends. And so I went out to like 10 social things or tried to reach out to like 10 people and do 10 things in like one week or two weeks. I would totally burn myself out and be like, screw this, and then it'd probably take me another month to leave the house in any kind of social capacity. So a cadence goal gives you a goal that you can stick with over a long period of time. So for example, maybe your cadence goal is once a week, I'm going to go to some sort of social event, right? Whether it's like a networking event for your industry, or if you're in a business, or it's some social event, like at your place of worship, or if it's like a meetup group or a sports league, like whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, but you can just make a goal to go to one thing a week. Now, here's the thing about cadence goals. I want your cadence goal to only reflect what you have complete control over, right? So like, I don't want you to set a goal where you're like, I'm going to go to this event and meet five new people and exchange info with three of them or something like that. I don't know. You don't really have control over that. You have control over going to the event, but you don't have control over who's going to be there. You don't have control over whether or not you're going to connect with any of those people. And you don't have control over whether or not any of those people want to exchange info with you. And you don't have control over whether or not anything comes out of those potential friendships. I'm saying you don't have any control. I should say that again. You don't have complete control, right? Because there's another person in the equation. So your cadence goal represents only things that you have total control over. Okay, so once you are doing whatever your cadence goal thing is, going to these events, networking, parties, events, whatever, to meet people, then you actually have to meet people. And if you are shy or reserved or introverted, this is where it can become really draining and scary. So I just want to give you a couple things to think about that can make it hopefully a little less daunting and scary. I want you to make two assumptions about people as you are approaching them to strike up a conversation and, you know, kind of see if there's any kind of connection or friendship possibility there. The first assumption that I want you to make is I want you to make an assumption that others like you. I don't mean like are like you. I mean, they actually like you, like they think you are interesting or nice or whatever. I think that a lot of times we actually make the opposite assumption. And I know I'm definitely in that category. And I would say, actually, that's it's actually a core wound of mine that I've had to do a lot of work around. I just assume right off the bat that other people don't like me and it doesn't really work out that well. So I want you to assume others like you and I want you to make this assumption because statistically that is true. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to like you, but statistically more people are going to like you than not. And for the people that don't like you, I know this is easier said than done, but I just want you to move on. Like, what are you going to do? I know that sounds a little scary for someone to not like you or not be kind or not be nice or whatever. But you can't just hide out because of those potential people who are just for whatever reason choosing to to not like you or to not be kind. Um, and also, I don't want you to spend your life trying to get those people to like you. And I'm very much telling my inner teen that because I spent a lot of my high school trying to get people to like me who didn't. And um, again, core wound stuff here coming out. Okay, so I want you to make the assumption that other people like you. And then I also want you to make the assumption that other people want more slash better friends too. I think, again, I don't know the exact statistics on this. I don't know if anyone truly does, but I do believe that this is more often, way more often probably true than not true. And again, like if someone doesn't really want more friends or they're not looking for more friends, like I mean, I guess I can understand That to some extent, like I can think of some times in my own life where I'm like, I just can't meet new people. I've got a lot going on. I guess I can understand that. But for the most part, I'm just like, you know what? If you don't want more friends, like, you know, good riddance. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? So I do believe that most people will like you and most people do want more and better friends as well. And I think that if you can actually keep those assumptions in mind, What will happen is that you'll actually come across as more warm, more friendly, more open. And then that's just going to invite further connection, further conversation. And then it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that those people probably will like you more. People are going to say, oh my God, Sally is so warm and friendly. I really enjoyed my conversation with her. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so to recap, to meet new people, I want you to come with a cadence goal of going to some sort of events or some sort of social situation. I do for me once a week, but that's really all I can handle as both an introvert and a new mom. Well, not really new at this point, newish mom, but you do you, right? Like if you're more extroverted, then maybe going to two things a week will be really great for you. Maybe you're someone who's actually already really, really social. I do have some clients that are just like little social butterflies. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but you know, you do you. So let's say you're actually already really social, your cadence goals can be really more about like, when you go to these, whatever you're going to the events or the parties or the networking events or whatever, then make an effort to talk to new people, right? That can be your cadence goal. So your cadence goal can be, okay, for the social stuff that I'm doing already, my goal is to talk to five new people a week, Or, you know, I have some clients that can just like make friends with anybody. So their goal is just to like strike up a conversation with like somebody in line at Starbucks or wherever, because they're really good at that already. And they want to build new friendships. And so they're just making some more specific intentional goals around things that they're already doing. So obviously your cadence goals will vary depending on whether or not you're introverted or extroverted what your time constraints are, what you're already doing. But the most important part of your cadence goal is that it's something that you have complete control over. You have complete control over whether or not you go to an event. You have complete control over whether or not you approach somebody. You do not have control over, or at least complete control over whether or not they like you back, they want to exchange information, they want to get together or anything like that. So those are not your goals. That's just the byproduct of you hitting your weekly cadence goals, okay? Okay, let's move on to making better friends. Now, just like how making more friends I don't think happens organically, the same thing is true when it comes to making better friends. It requires thought, it requires intention, it requires time, and sometimes it might even require a willingness to have tough conversations. So one of the easiest things you can honestly do here is just like how in the more friends section I was talking about having a cadence goal around putting yourself out there to meet more people. I think you can do something very similar when it comes to having better friends. And by the way, like, I don't know if you guys can tell, but this is coming from a person, me, this episode is coming from a person where I really have to make an effort to build relationships. And I think this is really why I have the business that I have. Um, And I've said this to several clients before. There's a reason why I don't I'm not like a, I don't know, like a productivity coach because I'm really good at being productive. I can, I can plow through a to-do list, like nobody's business. And when I have clients that struggle with procrastination, I really struggle to coach them on that. Cause I'm like, I don't know, just make a to-do list and do it. Like I just do it. You know what I mean? Is it cause I'm a Capricorn? Who friggin' knows? I just, it's it's like innate to me. I don't have to think about it. I've always been like this. I've always been a planner. I've, I mean, gosh, from a very pretty young age, I can remember making very meticulous to do lists, very organized and how I was planning out different projects and things I had to do in school. And I don't know, again, I just did it. And so when it comes to teaching that I'm like, I don't know, just do your best and <laughs> make a to do list and drink some coffee, and you'll be fine. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but when it comes to relationships and friendships, I would not say it actually comes naturally to me. I am always a student of this kind of work, whether it is romantic relationships, we're talking about parental relationships, or again, also friendships. And so because I have to put an effort, a thought into what I'm going to do, how I'm going to show up, how I want to build new friends, how I want to build a new community, how I want to nurture friendships. I have to, it doesn't just happen organically, right? Like I actually have to learn about it. I have to look into my own core wounds, my own living beliefs and my own, you know, insecurities that make it hard for me. And then I have to like get really clear on the steps that I'm going to take. And so because I'm a student, I think of this work, I think that actually makes me a better teacher of this work as well. So some of you, I know listening might be really, really good at just being social and it just comes naturally. And you might just think like, just do it. I don't know, what's your problem? But if you are more like me and you might be more reserved or more introverted, then I hope that what I'm talking about, you can apply to something that's very methodical and tangible and and doable. So when it comes to better friends, again, like it's the same thing as making new friends, you have to put some time around it, you have to put some intention behind it. And so I keep those assumptions close to my heart, the two assumptions that I was talking about in the more friends that other people like me, and they want better or more friends as well. And I keep those in my mind as I reach out to people about doing things, right? And so what I do is I have a cadence goal very similar to how I have a goal around just meeting more people and building my community. Although this cadence goal is more about one-to-one outreach, right? So my cadence goal when it comes to making more friends and building my community is, okay, I'm going to go to this thing, I'm going to go to this thing and meet people or whatever, right? But my better friends cadence is about I'm going to reach out to this one person to see if they want to go to this yoga class with me, or I'm going to reach out to this one person to see if they want to go on a walk with me. I'm going to reach out to this person to see if they want to get together to have a play date or go to a happy hour or just do whatever, right? And so to me, this feels like lower hanging fruit. So I'm when I'm talking about better friends, I'm thinking about people who are already in my life in big or small ways. And how can I nurture that friendship? And then one of the easiest things to do once you get together with this person or talking to this person is just ask how they're doing. If you can't really organize a time to get together or whatever, you can say, I just want to check in. How are you doing? So your cadence goal can be whatever it is. It can just be like a text check in to see how someone's doing. Um, It can also be a one-to-one invite to, you know, to help form or solidify a friendship you can also, especially if you wanna be a little more social, I haven't really done this lately because just of all the moving and COVID and baby and just lots of stuff, but when, but in a previous life, I would actually always host a potluck. And it was one of the easiest things to do because you're not cooking everything, you're just cooking some things. And then I would invite people that, of course I would invite some people that I really knew well, but then I would also invite some people that were a little bit more peripheral to me, but I would invite them to this dinner And we'd have lots of fun. And that's a really great way to deepen and solidify um, more than one friendship at a time. So again, your cadence goal can be whatever you want it to be here, depending on what feels easy for you, what feels fun for you. And as always, cadence goals are what you have complete control over. So for example, my cadence goal is to reach out to one person that I already know a week to schedule some sort of hangout or get together. Doesn't matter what it is but i don't have control over whether or not the person will say yes, whether or not our schedules align. There's so many other factors that i just don't have control over. So, in my mind, if i reach out to one person a week, maybe about half of those will turn into something, meaning like a friendship date or a, you know, a walk or a yoga class or whatever. And over time, that actually builds and that becomes a lot of socializing and a lot of spending time with other people. And so the actual Hangouts, again, become the byproduct of the cadence goal. So I do my best to stay unattached as to whether or not something can, you know, something happens from reaching out. And it's one of those things where you just have to build your rejection resilience. When I first started doing this, I was always so terrified that I would be annoying them or that I'm like, oh God, Veronica's reaching out again. You know, I, I had that kind of fear. I also had a fear that I would just feel silly if they were too busy or our schedules couldn't align or whatever. And all I can say is that rejection resilience is like a muscle, like anything else, and it gets stronger. When I started my business, Gosh, seven or eight years ago now, I I remember I sent like a mass email to basically everyone that I knew. And I was like, hey, I'm starting this business. I would love for you to get into my email list. Here's how you can sign up for my newsletter. And I think I had 37 people on my newsletter list in the beginning. And I, a couple months later, I sent my first newsletter out and I saw someone unsubscribed and I wanted to die. I was so embarrassed that I had bothered someone enough to, you know, have them unsubscribe from my email list. I just wanted to hide under my desk like forever. And, you know, now I have an email list of several thousand and every email that I send, I can get anywhere between five and 20 unsubscribes usually. And it's just like, okay, cool. I, you know, for whatever reason, I wasn't for you or bothering you or whatever. And like literally, it doesn't mean anything to me at all. Right. And so... My point in saying that is that I built that rejection resilience by actually doing it and sending a weekly email for the last eight years, rather than like thinking about it until I was going to be confident enough to send out a newsletter every week. That's not how it works. And so if you're waiting to feel more confident to reach out to people or set up friend dates or host a A little get together or whatever, you're gonna be waiting a really long time because that's not how muscles build. That's like literally the equivalent of being like, I'm gonna run this marathon when I feel strong enough to. Right now, again, I'm not talking about for healing from something or an illness. Like, okay, yes, you probably do need to rest until you're strong enough to train. But you're not just gonna like think about training for a marathon and then expect to get up one day and run a friggin' marathon. Like, that's just not what's gonna happen, right? You have to build your endurance, you have to build the muscle. And the same thing is true when it comes to managing rejection. And this is true, whether we're talking about friendship or your love life, frankly, you have to be able to build that rejection resilience. Not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to be for you. You aren't going to be for everyone. Schedules are, won't align. People are busy, blah, blah, blah. But again, I want you to keep those two assumptions in mind. Most likely people are going to like you. And most likely people want more and or better friends themselves. And so if you keep that in mind, then you're going to naturally come off more warm, more friendly, more inviting, and people will want to hang out with you. People want more of that in their life. And if they don't, honestly, like, good redens, just let it go, right? Just let it go. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to making better friends is boundaries within friendships. I want to talk a little bit about boundaries first. This is not going to be a boundaries episode. I did a boundaries episode earlier this year. I think it was back in February. So we'll put that link in the show notes. It might've been March. Maybe it was March. I don't remember. We'll put it in the show notes so you can listen to it because that's a whole like, that's almost like a boundaries masterclass. So if you do struggle to say what you feel, ask for what you want, you've got to listen to that episode. It's almost, I I would say it's required listening. However, you do want friendships with good, strong boundaries. And honestly, I could probably talk about this in the better friends category of this episode, because if you are friends with a person who cannot or just is not able to deal with boundaries, that friendship at some point is just going to suck you dry. So start with boundaries early on, especially if you are in a place where you're building new friendships or growing friendships, start with firm boundaries. And I don't mean firm boundaries, like I think a lot of times when I think when I say boundaries, people are used to being in relationships, whether it's friendship or romantic with no boundaries. And so they're constantly like having to battle people off to try to protect themselves or protect their sanity. And that's not what I mean when I mean like start with strong boundaries. I don't mean like you need to be like armored yourself because like this other person just has no concept of boundaries. I just mean like, have it be a part of the natural conversation and relationship. So for example, let's say you're, trying to figure out like, I don't know, you're trying to figure out where to go to eat, you know, with your new friend. And you just like ask, like, do you need to be home by a certain time? Or do you prefer a certain cuisine? Or do you have any allergies to something and we can avoid a restaurant if it has, you know, a lot of that kind of food or if it's not like allergen friendly or whatever. So you just ask. And And hopefully, you know, they reciprocate and go like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I I don't want to stay out too late either. So maybe we can meet earlier and be home by eight or 830. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a part of the conversation. It's not like you're like, having this whole big conversation around boundaries, You're just like being really clear, like, what do you need? Okay, cool. Here are my needs. So let's make this work together as we're planning the thing that we're going to do. Do you see how that works? And this also just tells you everything that you need to know, because if someone's just like disregarding like your needs, like just, I don't know, like get out of that. What what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like it's just not worth your time and energy because that's just probably not going to be someone who, again, I'm not saying they're a bad person. They just don't understand boundaries or care about boundaries or whatever. And that's just going to be a difficult kind of friendship to have in your life. So just start off with boundaries as being a natural part of the conversation and natural flow. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, the five-step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free. And in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. Okay, so let's talk about navigating conflict with friendships and also breaking up with friends. Now, when we're talking about friendships, obviously there can be any number of conflicts, sources of conflict, but I just noticed some common patterns among my clients. So here's what I see. I notice a lot of my clients becoming increasingly frustrated with unsolicited advice from their friends. I also notice conflict from my clients around having negative friends or friends with no boundaries or whether having to kind of be emotional caretakers to their friends. So this kind of goes back to what I said earlier in the episode. What often happens is as you do the inner work, quite literally, you grow past this friendship, right? Like if you are becoming more, just kind of in tune with yourself and living more authentically and, and um, have healthier relationships or dating better people, meeting better people, some of your friends might feel a little bit like you're leaving them behind, because maybe they just want to sit there and bitch and moan about men or online dating or relationships or whatever. And you're just not really, that's just not really, I don't want to say like vibration, because that's, you know, my feelings about that, but it's just not really where you want to be energetically. Do you know what I mean? And so that can often create some issues with some boundaries and what you want to talk about, how you want to be talked to. A lot of times friends can actually project their own fears to you. So let's say you meet somebody who's really great and the other person's like, yeah, but maybe they're love bombing. Do you know what I mean? With like no evidence to support like that they're possibly love bombing and part of it is, of course, out of protection for you, but part of it is just them projecting their own fear onto you because, again, they have that lack of self awareness or that lack of work that they've done where they can, you know, be happy for you, but then also hold their own frustration in for themselves. You know what I mean? Like there's not that separation. So those are common conflicts that I see with the clients that I work with and their friends. Obviously, I mean, any number of conflicts can can happen, um, but I would say a lot of conflicts actually probably do at least arise from these core, core issues. Okay, so when you are experiencing any kind of conflict with a friend, here's how you know it's time to have a conversation. One, if you dread seeing the other person or talking to them. Two, if after you spend time with them or talk to them, you just feel emotionally drained or exhausted. If you feel resentful, if you just feel constantly frustrated or anxious about their behavior or your relationship with them or whatever. So any kind of feelings along those lines, you're going to want to have a conversation. And again, I'm not going to get into how to have a boundary conversation. You can listen to my episode, my podcast episode about that. We'll put that in the show notes um, if you need to have such conversation. Um, But when you have a conversation with a friend, there's three possible paths or three possible scenarios that can happen. The ideal scenario is that you have the conversation and you both get on the same page. Your friend apologizes, you own any mistakes you might have made. And you're on the same page, you get each other and your friendship actually deepens and grows because of the conflict and then having the ensuing conversation and you can move past it, you can move on. This often can happen. But I will say that, again, if you are dealing with someone who feels like you're leaving them behind because you're doing this inner work and they're not, and or they have no concept of boundaries and or they don't care about boundaries, this scenario is not likely to happen. And I really don't want to like be negative Nancy or right on your parade or anything like that, but I just want to be super real with you. If someone is not familiar with the concept of boundaries or thinks boundaries is pushing them away, then any kind of conversation where you say like, 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 look, I love you. I love our friendship. I just need to get some things you know, straight or on the same page or whatever. They're probably not going to take it well. And that doesn't mean you didn't deliver your emotions or your needs well. It doesn't mean you did something wrong or bad. It just means that they have such a discomfort with boundaries that no matter how you share it, it's not going to be received well. Okay. So I would say that this most happens with a friendship that already had some good boundaries, but it just, you know, you just, I don't know, you just got off your footing a little bit. Maybe one of you went through a big life change and kind of grew apart a little bit and you came back together and had a conversation and then boom, everything was fine again. Um, But if the friendship has always had, you know, some unhealthy elements to it, or no boundaries. I, I again, I just I don't want you to have. I don't want you to put all your eggs in having the conversation basket and assuming that's going to solve everything. Because I just don't know. Okay, so if the conversation does not go where you're hoping it to, it would go. You have one of two options. The first is to compartmentalize the friendship, and the second is to do the friend breakup. Compartmentalization can be a really great strategy, but it doesn't always work, and it usually doesn't work long term. It's usually just like a stopgap. So what I mean by compartmentalize, you know, compartmentalize in this world of personal development is generally seen as like not a good thing, right? Like if you're feeling sad or mad or whatever, you don't really want to compartmentalize your feelings. You want to work through them, express them, get them out so you can work through them and heal them, right? Like, and that's generally true. When it comes to a friendship, what I mean by compartmentalizing is this is something that you can do with someone either that you've known for years, like maybe you grew up together so you feel like a loyalty to them or maybe your families are intertwined um, this is also a really great thing to do with someone that you don't see very often. Um, so maybe they'll, they don't even live in your town anymore, or maybe they live n- nearby, but you just don't see them that much. It can be easy to compartmentalize and just keep that person over here. And you only talk about certain things with them, or you only start see them, you know, very sparingly or whatever it is. So maybe you just talk about like The Bachelor with them or... I don't know, whatever, right? But this is not someone that you're gonna necessarily talk to about your love life issues, or kind of just more deep, more sensitive topics um, that you don't necessarily align with anymore. I don't think this is necessarily a long term solution for someone that you see regularly, because I do think that keeping someone an arm's distance away when they're in your life pretty regularly is going to get pretty hard because they probably will ask you about your love life or they will want to talk about certain topics or they will want to see you more often. And so in that case, you're probably going to have to do a friend breakup. And I want to talk about friend breakups a little bit because there is nothing fun about them. They suck. And I have been through one friend breakup in particular, that was just, it was it was devastating. That's all I can say. It was just devastating. And I don't know, I think it might have even been more difficult than some of the breakups, like romantic breakups that I've had, even being on the receiving end of those romantic breakups. I mean, don't get me wrong, those were horrible too. There's something about friendship breakups that just feel extra hard. You know, when it's a romantic breakup, If I was breaking up with someone, I could say, you know, you're great, but I'm just not in a good place right now. So it's not, it's not you, it's me, right? I could say something like that. Or I could say, you're great, and I really want it to work, but you're just not the one. You know, you're just you're a nice person to date, but you're not the one, right? So it makes it a little easier to be on the breaking up end. And then same thing on the receiving end. If someone's saying those things to you, I'm not saying it makes it easy or it shouldn't feel personal or hard or emotional, like it will. But because you can create that like one degree of separation a little bit like, okay, like it just it wasn't me just wasn't right, or there's not a good place. You can justify it in your head a little bit, which can help ease some of the initial shock or pain of it. But when it comes to a friendship, it's actually pretty hard, if not impossible to separate that out at all. Because for most of us, for, For most women listening to this show, you're probably looking for a monogamous relationship, right? You're looking for one person. But with friendships, no one's really monogamous. It's not like you only have one friend at a time. You could theoretically have as many friends as you want. And so if you break up with someone... Like a friend, there's really no other reason other than you just don't like the person or it's not working for you or whatever. And being on the receiving end of that can feel so devastating. And then I know a lot of times we can struggle with knowing that we're going to hurt somebody. And so that just makes it hard on the person who's doing the breaking up. So I just share this to acknowledge how hard and awkward and tricky and just everything that friend breakups can be. I also equally want to emphasize how important they are because relationships that are draining you for whatever reason they're draining you is not worth keeping around. Certainly in a romantic setting, but certainly also within a platonic setting, whenever a relationship is draining you, it's not just the time that you're with that person that can be frustrating or whatever. If you are thinking about it, mulling about it, stewing about it, feeling anxious about it, feeling angry about it, whatever it is, it starts to bleed into other parts of your life. And so it's worth it to you to put an end to that. I will also say that there's no reason to believe that, okay, you can have like you know, kind of toxic or not great friendships, but then like your romantic relationships are going to be great. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like you have to get yourself used to having firm boundaries and having supportive, um, mutually supportive friendships and relationships, because then that just makes it more organic and natural to be in romantic partnership with someone like that. If you're kind of used to relationships that constantly drain you, or exhaust you or frustrate you then that's kind of your that's kind of your standard that you're setting for yourself right and so there's no reason to think that like all of a sudden your standards are going to go so much higher in a romantic partnership and you're actually going to be able to meet the own standards that you want to have so you've got to be able to start cleaning up your own all your relationships and all parts of your life one thing that i help my clients do is go through a relationship inventory the current relationships in their life. And I don't just mean romantic, I mean friendship, looking at their friendships, looking at family relationships, co workers, neighbors, whoever, who is draining you? Who do you set a boundary with? Who do you need to take a step away from? Who do you actually need to break up with? It is so, so worth it. Just imagine how good it feels to like, I don't know, clean out your closet and, th- and like, donate or get rid of a whole bag of clothes or just stuff that's just sitting there taking up space, right? It feels that much better times like 100, I don't know, to do the same thing with relationships in your life. Like you can think of like the Marie Kondo thing, like what if every relationship that you had in your life sparked joy? Now, again, we can't necessarily control everything because we have family relationships and not everyone necessarily wants to be estranged from their family. And then we have coworkers that sometimes we can't control. So I understand, like, I'm not saying that you should only have relationships in your life that spark joy, like in an ideal world, sure, but not all of us live in an ideal world. Like sometimes you just have to deal with shit, right? But what can you control and what can you do now to improve either the friendships that you have or just improve the relationships you have as a whole by letting go of some of the ones that are dragging you down. Okay, I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope you learned a thing or two that you can start applying to make new friends, better friends, or let go of some friends that are holding you back or or draining you. And if there's any way I can support you here in just having healthier boundaries, ha- healthier communication, letting go of some of the limiting beliefs that keep you out of being able to have healthier relationships whether it's friendship or platonic or whether it's friendship or romantic, then I would love to chat with you. This, you know, these are things that I work with with my clients. Yes, romantic relationships is the the main game here, the main thing that, that I help my clients on. Um, but really, it's just relationships as a whole. And so if you're looking at your life after listening to this episode, and you're like, damn, a lot of the relationships in my life need an overhaul. And if I'm being honest with myself, it's not romantic, or just romantic relationships, then I would love to connect with you. I take on a few new clients a month. And so if you are looking to potentially get started with me, I always recommend to get the ball going just in case you know there's a backlog at all, you can get on to The waitlist and a start time within like, you know, a somewhat reasonable time. So to learn more about working with me and to schedule an introductory call, you head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And what you'll do there is you'll fill out a quick form and then you'll get forwarded to my calendar where you can schedule your intro call with me. And your intro call is, it's just, it's just a consult. Basically we get to know each other. And the goal is that you get to a place where you know firmly as to whether or not working with me is the next right step for you or or not. So again, the link to get the ball rolling there is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. You can ask me any and all questions you have about coaching. I go over the package and how I work with clients and what I can see us doing together and all those kinds of things there. If you want to reach out to me for any reason with any questions beforehand, you can always email my assistant, Jess, at support at VeronicaGrant.com. You can also send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant, and we'll be happy to support you there. All right, I've got a brand new coaching episode for you next week, all about boundaries and anger and having some resentment towards people that you've dated before. So this is, it's a good one. Uh, So make sure you tune in and I will talk to you there. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available are toxic, or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love.